0: Leading Britain's conversation, LBC, with Nick Abbott.
1: And Simon Marks joins us, LBC's US correspondent, uh, joins us from Washington, D.C. Hello, Simon.
0: Evening, Nick. How are you doing? I'm all right. I've had my COVID-19 booster this weekend, so I feel as though I shouldn't probably be operating any heavy machinery, but uh, otherwise I'm okay.
1: Very good. Now, um, let's talk about this... Festival
0: in uh, Texas. Yes, awful. Yeah. What do we know about that? Well, there's all sorts of questions uh, swirling around this. This was a, a music festival called Astro World, uh, and uh, there was clearly a problem with crowd control. I mean, we know that security at at, at least one entrance to the venue uh, was breached uh, before the big concert of the evening featuring the rapper Travis Scott. Uh, got underway, and it seems as though uh, there was obviously a crush at the front of the stage as he began his set, in which we know at least eight people were killed. The youngest was 14, the oldest was 27, there was another teenager uh, in there as well, just 16 years of age. Uh, People just absolutely pinned in place and suffocated to death as this crowd uh, attempted uh, to kind of um, head to ...towards the stage, but there are some other very disconcerting reports as to what may have happened. At least one police officer uh, present to provide security at the event... Uh, says that he was attacked with a hypodermic syringe as this uh, crowd was surging forward, and indeed he had to be treated in hospital and brought round for whatever uh, was injected into him. There have been other reports of people in the crowd saying that they believe that they were spiked. There are questions uh, abounding about whether security for this festival was adequate, whether the number of police and security that uh, the Houston authorities and the Uh, venue claim were going to be on hand for this actually were on hand. Uh, And I've just seen that um, one of the local TV stations down in Houston, KHOU, is now reporting that the first lawsuit has already been filed, uh, accusing the organisers of gross negligence, Uh, a $1 million claim by one of the concertgoers, arguing that the defendants, the organisers of the festival, failed to properly plan and conduct the concert in a safe manner. The called the incident a predictable and preventable tragedy. So, even while this potential homicide investigation, which is how the police couched it earlier today, continues at the scene already, lawsuits being lobbed at the organisers and all sorts of questions mounting up for them to answer. Yeah, and I've seen uh, videos of desperate people trying to get the performers to
1: stop... um, were they aware of what was happening and continued because they thought it might be worse if they
0: stopped? Very or did unclear. they just not know? very unclear i mean there's big questions for them as well as there's, there's video of this cameraman who's filming the festival with people trying to draw his attention to the fact that uh, people are dying in the crowd and he's got his headphones on and doesn't seem it would appear to understand what they're saying to mm. him or maybe he did and just carried on with the job that he was doing uh, i mean i think this is all going to be part and parcel of uh, the uh, the investigation that gets underway and clearly also these uh legal uh, uh actions that are going to follow um y- you know i think that that video is going to be central uh to all of this travis scott himself has urged uh people that were there uh to come forward talk to the authorities tell them what they saw uh this is this is not going to be something that is solved or understood i think uh, anytime soon now these injections is this something that has been in the news in other places I well, mean, is it is this a common thing or i can't say that it's i mean i'm very familiar of course with the conversation that's taking place in the uk about uh, people being spiked in nightclubs yeah. uh, which of course we've been covering on lbc over the last uh, several days extensively i can't say that i'm aware of it uh, as being a particular particularly widespread issue in the united states um certainly i hadn't heard of any kind of incident where after reports of that the police launched a homicide investigation Uh, but certainly the police given that one of their men uh, claims that he was stabbed in the neck with a hypodermic containing some kind of substance that knocked him out are very keen to understand what was going on uh, in that crowd so uh, i can't say that these are massively widespread incidents in the united states uh, but this i think is going to now put a spotlight on on the issue of spiking here in the same sense that the spotlight now exists in Britain. Hmm. Right, let's talk about Joe Biden. He's had a big success this week. Well, that's what the White House absolutely is proclaiming. And to be fair to him, at the 11th hour and the 59th minute on Friday night, he did finally get one of the two key planks of his domestic legislation passed in Congress after a crazy yo-yo of a day uh, with uh, Democrats on both sides still divided, the president having to spend hours on the telephone, not just to Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House of Representatives, but to the leader of the progressives, in the House of Representatives on the left wing of the Democratic Party and then to moderates in a bid to try and get at least one of the two spending bills passed through Congress. In the event, 13 Republicans crossed sides and voted with the Democrats. Remember, this this bill is called the bipartisan infrastructure framework. It was negotiated by Joe Biden with Republican senators. It had already passed in the Senate, so it needed to pass in the House of Representatives in order to get to his desk to be signed into law. But six left-wing Democrats voted against it, calculating uh, that their political interests in their districts, and they included Congresswoman Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez from New York would praise them uh, for having rejected this bill. It is a massive deal. This is the biggest single piece of government funding for uh, domestic rebuilding since Dwight Eisenhower authorised and signed into law the creation of the Interstate Highway Network. And the numbers are eye-watering. $40 billion to repair the country's bridges, $39 billion to improve Transit, 66 billion earmarked specifically for the railways here. Seven and a half billion dollars to create a network uh, of electric chargers for electric vehicles uh, all over the country. Uh, 55 billion dollars to remove every single lead water pipe still in existence in the United States from the system, so that everybody can be guaranteed lead-free drinking water. 65 billion dollars for affordable broadband in every remote corner uh, of the United States. The difficulty with all of this is that many of these projects are not shovel-ready. They're going to take years before they actually get activated and people get hired to do all of this work and the other problem joe biden has got is that the row that was evident in the weeks leading up to friday has left a very sour taste in the mouths of many voters and we saw that this last week with the election you and i were talking about this time last week in virginia with the republicans trouncing the democrats in that kind of come from behind win to take the keys to the governor's mansion in virginia so joe biden is is talking about this being the most monumental piece of legislation it's going to be the thing that allows america to stake a claim to its leadership position on the world stage and beat the chinese but he's really got to persuade the electorate that this is are absolutely, going to make a change in their own daily lives and improve the way that they think about him. And that's still going to be a very complicated path because he's got the other uh, Build Back Better public expenditure bill that's still languishing on Capitol Hill and we know isn't going to stand a chance of being passed this side of Thanksgiving uh, at the end of November. And that's. In that bill, that's the taking
1: care of people bill. That's the yeah. I'll pay your dental bill and I'll yep. give you child care and, and uh, so yeah. on. Th- those measures would actually affect people's lives straight away. Um, but uh, the, the Republicans are not uh, very interested in
0: helping people because yeah. that, that's what Jesus would want. Well, well, and of course the progressives have worried that if they pass the first bill, the infrastructure bill, and then all the stuff about taking care of people is stripped out of the public expenditure bill, uh, they will regret having cast their votes for the first bill because they will argue they should have changed that and put it into the first bill. We are going to see battle joined here, I think, over the next few days, quite possibly, but by an unusual player politically in the United States, and that is the Duchess of Sussex. Meghan Markle <laughs> is a fierce advocate for the parental leave provisions that are that were contained in this Build Back Better bill, although in the most recent version they've been stripped out of it. Twelve weeks of family and medical leave for new parents in the United States, and the Duchess of Sussex not only wrote a two-page letter to Democrats, leaders on Capitol Hill backing this but she's actually now started cold calling uh, senators on both sides of the political aisle we had Republican senators this week one of them said she was driving in her car the other one was at the gym when a blocked call came in on the phone They both answered it, and on the other end was a voice saying, hello, it's Meghan, Duchess of Sussex. She's established a relationship with another prominent Democrat who is said to be planning to invite her to Washington, D.C. to campaign on this issue. And, of course, all of this has breathed life into the suggestions fueled by friends of the Duchess of Sussex that she is contemplating some kind of political run here uh, in the U.S., and my guess is that it's not for school board out in California. And people's initial reaction
1: may be, oh, she's just somebody off the telly. How could she possibly <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. run for
0: high <laughs> office? <laughs> just a rich person off the telly. Yeah. <laughs> so no chance, yeah. but well, I mean, interesting. Very, very interesting to see if she, uh, if she uh, rolls up in Washington, D.C. this week or next week. Now I'm not sure I'm
1: properly dressed for the four seasons <laughs> unless it's the Four Seasons Total Landscaping Center in Philadelphia. Now we- it's the first anniversary of that. Do we do we even now know anything more about it.
0: (laughs) How could we allow the evening to go by without marking the first anniversary of the funniest political event uh, of last year in the United States, barring the subsequent political event in which Rudy Giuliani's hair dye uh, (laughs) melted and ran down uh, his cheeks at an indoor press conference, I think a little bit after Uh, Rudy Giuliani and the crew showed up not at the Four Seasons Hotel in Philadelphia, but instead at the Four Seasons Total Landscaping Garden centre, where even now it's so funny to uh, remember that they uh, railed against the rig elec- rigged election. The year, it's fair to say, has not been kind for the President's possibly still lawyer maybe former lawyer never really clear but he's lost his law license in new york his law license in washington dc has been suspended he's still clearly in the investigative crosshairs of those people digging into what went on here uh, in 2016 and 2020 foreign interference in the election and the like Uh, But yes, 12 months ago, we were all absolutely relishing in the uh, moment at the Four Seasons Total Garden Centre that then allowed them to get into the merchandising business, which I I believe they're still in. It's not too late to buy your... Four Seasons Total Landscaping uh, t-shirt
1: for Christmas. Well, yes, that will be top of my uh, list for (laughs) Santa, yeah. Uh, Simon, I'll see you at the Hilton, the the Hilton Dog Grooming and Worming Facility. (laughs) See you there. Thanks for that. Simon Marks, LBC's US correspondent, joining us from Washington, D.C.